Hello, everybody, and welcome. This is the Midnight McBride Show, and this is show number 21. And I've got a, a very special guest here. Now, you've just seen a video clip earlier where, for the first time ever, I've actually been outside the studio and filmed the arrival. And that was because Mr. Colin Unsworth, or Mr. Mushroom, turned up on a 36-inch wheel unicycle with his clothes on on that occasion. <laughs> yeah. So, Colin, Hello. welcome. Very, very, very excited to have you on the show. Thank you very much. Excited to be here. I think I can say, and I've had some wonderful guests on, and I yeah. mean no disrespect to them, but yeah. I have never been as excited about having a guest on the show <laughs> as yourself. I'm and <laughs> I, I know you don't like this title possibly, but I'd call you the... British or English Paul Stamets, the Ooh, equivalent. Well, no. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> <Definitely> the <not. laughs> world mushroom uh, he guy, yeah, and he was yeah, on Joe yeah. Rogan a couple of yeah. times. I think he's done three yeah. shows. and He's, he's done some great interviews, actually. Yeah, really he's has. the most respected, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. one of the most respected guys in that field, but he's yeah. also the most well-liked. He's mm. Joe Rogan said he was the most requested guest they've ever had on his show. Really? Yeah, they'd had the most really? sort of feedback saying, get really? the guy back on, really? you know. It no. inspires a lot of people to think about things yeah. in, a, in a different way, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I'll give him that. <laughs> I, I mean, he tells he tells some great stories on there, you he know, does. some fascinating yeah. ones, which yeah. Uh, yeah. I didn't know who he was until I saw yeah. that podcast and I was, yeah. you know, I couldn't yeah. take my eyes off it. I loved it, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, Colin, first of all, I'm going to tell everybody about when I first saw you. And I was oh, in yeah. Queen's Park and I was with Willow at the time, my partner, and we saw somebody riding towards us. And this person had a hat on with mushrooms on top of the hat all the way around and on yeah. a bicycle with mushrooms yeah. everywhere, yeah. fully clothed again at this point. Yeah. And this person cycled past us and a speaker on the back and looked like oh, yeah. they were having a very, very nice day. Yeah. And we both were sort of in awe. We looked at me and thought, I don't know what you're doing or who he is or whatever, but you look so content, happy and in bliss. <laughs> then later on, a, a lady called Kitty White. Yes. Uh, yeah. I spoke to Kitty because I was looking to speak to somebody who was an expert in foraging, mushrooms, fungi, along yeah. this kind of field. Yeah. And Kitty gave me your contact details and I looked you up on Facebook and I said, it isn't, it can't be. It's Mr. Mushroom. <laughs> it's that guy. And I showed it to Willow, and Willow went, it is, it's definitely him. Yeah. And from yeah. that point, I knew we had to get yeah. you on the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think so, the hair, the hair's quite distinct to me. Well, so. yeah. yeah, I think it was the heart and the whole, the whole yeah. image and everything. Yeah. But a lot. So we called you Mr. Mushroom, and I think other people call you Mr. Mushroom as well, because, because of your passion, which is mm. fungi, mm. mushroom, and foraging. Yeah. 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 There's other uh, strings to your bow, which includes mm. riding unicycle and... Yeah. Some of the things that you talk about, your beliefs and being mm. naked is mm. one of those as well, which mm. is something we're going to talk about. But yeah. what we like to do on the show, uh, Colin, we like to maybe go on a little bit of a journey about okay. the guest. And we yeah. start at the beginning, talk about the life, and then we'll really get into some mushroom stuff after. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. possibly tell us about your childhood, because one of the first things I saw on your notes was that you were badly bullied. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, all the way through school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Quite, it quite horribly as well. Turns yeah, my stomach horrible. that. I, don't, yeah. I only yeah. experienced it yeah. once, uh, being bullied, and um, I, I yeah. you know, I'd never quite got over it. No. You know, no. Uh, Willow no. was badly bullied at school. I mean, badly, yeah. she was beat up and yeah. things like this. Yeah. You know, it's not good. Yeah. And believe it or not, Sandy yeah. Holt, who was multiple 
yeah. European Thai boxing champion who I did two shows with very recently yeah. was also badly bullied. So yeah, right. Right. it can actually be, there's two things that can come at that. Um, really, you can either end up, you know, in some extreme cases, taking your own life mm. or you can turn it on its head yeah. and it can fuel you and fire yeah. you on and yeah. you end up becoming very passionate of what you do, mm. you know, and, mm. and loving life because yeah. you can, it, you can, Use it to your advantage almost, you know, in some ways, which Sandy did. It teaches you a yeah. lot about human beings, I think, yeah. you know, experiences like that. It's, it's the ritual humiliation. That's the thing. So school was like a prison sentence of ritual humiliation and bullying um, from which I was allowed to go home. And fortunately, I used to, you know, play out because I lived quite, I was one of the furthest uh, in terms of how far I lived from school. Yeah. And the lads I hung around with um, at home um were a different kettle of fish altogether and i wasn't the same person in my home playing out life as i was in my school life so fortunately i had that escape um and i had my, my, my home sort of set of friends um yeah. but I, the the school yeah was was yeah it was i never enjoyed it. you know people say oh best days of my life yeah. no no i enjoyed it a little bit as i got older but certainly yeah. in my younger years i didn't enjoy school no. at all you know no. but i saw from the information mm. you know about your life colin is that you actually found solace in in forests and woodland at an mm. early age absolutely yeah know? yeah yeah very much so we, we, yeah. we our backyard and back to i was so lucky you know you don't realize till you grow up and have kids of your own just how lucky you were in, in situations like this so our, our house backed onto uh, the holton estate um yeah. so which is currently it's just it's up for the chop it's going to get built on and it's, right. it's, a, it's a massive shame it's um there's there's patches of 300 year old woodland in there um, and also being sort of in scouts and things like that. Um, I, yeah, that, yeah. That, that was my escape, basically. So you were very yeah. active as you, when you were younger. You were outside, yeah. Like, you know. Yeah, oh, you yeah I've always been very active. Rock always, climbing yeah. as well, Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I kind of, I'm not just certain. I know that if I'd have been a child today, I would have had a couple of labels and one of them would have been ADHD. Yeah. <laughs> <Do you know? laughs> Without a shadow of a doubt. <laughs> and yeah. you also, your father... Yeah. Passed on his trade to you, is that right? He yeah. did, yeah, yeah. So he's he's he's, he's a woodworker, he's a wood machinist. So he, he passed on the, the joining the wood machining to me, and also a, an absolute love of the great outdoors. We yeah. used to go camping a lot and uh, up yeah. into the lakes. And I didn't appreciate you know. nature as much when I was younger, and now yeah. I spend probably you know as well as much time as humanly possible outside. Yeah. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm in nature yeah. all the time, yeah. and I believe that if you immerse yourself in, envir in any environment, yeah. if you're in a room with a hundred people that are laughing, you'll start to laugh. Yeah. If yeah. you're in a war yeah. zone, even if you're not injured, but you see people yeah. injured, um, yeah. you'll be traumatised yeah. because of PTSD. So until we're enlightened beings, we're infected by our environment. Absolutely. And yeah. nature is yeah. a perfect system. Everything, there's yeah. no resistance. Yeah. Everything's just yeah. being and doing yeah. what it's designed to do. Everything's symbiotic, works yeah. perfectly. And if you spend enough time in nature... Yeah. You can't help after an hour, yeah. two hours, after this point forward, you can't help but start to feel joy and bliss. Absolutely. You know, it pervades yeah. just like any yeah. other environment yeah. affects yeah. you. You go for a walk in the woods for a mushroom forage or just for a walk or whatever. It doesn't take long and you suddenly get, you know, the feeling sort of comes over and you, and you suddenly kind of think to yourself, oh, I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad I'm not somewhere else. This is where I want to be, you know. And, and it's a, it's a studied thing, though, isn't it? You know, there's all this sort of forest bathing ideas from Japan, and yeah, yeah, you know, we talked about that yeah. on the show previously, yeah. right, right. Yeah, and, that, yeah. and, and you know, it's a, it is a very real thing, you know. Yeah, to, um, yeah. um, scientists will study it, and um, there's all sorts of stuff to do with mindfulness and well-being, and yeah. there'll be even stuff on like a bacterial level, just the stuff you're breathing in, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And basically, it's a habitat that's going to. You know, it's going to calm yeah. you. It's I gonna... suppose if you compare it to people, if you spend your time around angry, aggressive people or mm. stressed people, mm. 
you know, you become angry, aggressive yeah. and stressed. Yeah. It's, yeah. you know, that affects yeah. you, the energy yeah. that they give out, you receive. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, at the same time, if you spend your time with people like yourself or, yeah. you know, a spiritual community and, and mm. gentle souls that go around the earth trying not to kill and yeah. damage everything they come into yeah. contact with, yeah. uh, but beautiful souls, beautiful yeah. people, then you, you know, you will receive that energy yeah. also, you know. Yeah. So. yeah. Tell us when you first then sort of got into mushrooms. How did this come along? Was this Ooh. in the period? Because I suppose if you're a child and you spend a lot of time in the forest. Yeah, you do. You do. Um, it's a funny one with mushrooms. And, and I think a lot of people who get into mushroom foraging will say this, is that once you've got into foraging, you realise that there's mushrooms everywhere. There's fungi everywhere. Yeah. You know, there's all sorts of different funguses. It's not just, you know, your cap and stem mushrooms that you're going to put in a pan and eat. There's there's there's, there's all the rusts and smuts yeah. and moulds and, and slime moulds. And, you know, there's, all, there's, there's fungi. There's a fungi. Wherever there's a potential for a habitat, fungi will evolve to, to, to exist there. Um, so um, once you get into it, you kind of look at the woodland and you look at the forest and, well, anywhere, even, you know, even your, your home environment and, and your gardens and, and you kind of think, where was it all before I got into this? Because I just didn't notice it. Yeah. Well, Do you know? I'm, I'm the same. Recently, I've become very passionate about mushrooms, learning yeah. about them. Yeah. And I've been actively befriending and seeking people who know something about mushrooms that yeah. are nice people yeah. who are willing to spend a little bit of time with me. And one yeah. of those people is a guy yeah. called Ben Atkinson that's done the show okay. with me before. And I've now, now, I never used to see the mushrooms. Now I'm looking yeah. for them. I've become yeah. peaceful, you know, yeah. more peaceful than I used to be. And I started yeah. looking. I see yeah. them everywhere. I can yeah. go out for a walk yeah. and they're on the grass just yeah. at the end of the drive yeah. and then they're, everywhere. they're, they're on yeah. one of the logs that we you can't help it yeah, yeah. once you've turned on that roving mushroom spotting eye it never turns off yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> and, and you, you kind of wherever you look you'll see something something interesting something funky something something curious you know my, my passion really is um, so I'm, I'm a food forager I, yeah. I love to forage edible mushrooms um, but there's all sorts of other fungi out there. And once you start to understand the role that the fungi is playing in the forest or the, the habitat, wherever it is, the forest, the, the, the fields, the, um, you understand what it's doing, what, 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 what its purpose is. And it kind of, it ends up joining the dots. So, you know, you're understanding yeah, of the forest yeah. and how the forest works and the trees have roots and they get in nutrients out of the soil and stuff dies and turns back to soil. And it kind of joins all the dots and makes, makes it all make sense. I, I found know? it as our, when we did the pre-show chat, I talked mm. about a documentary, I think it's called The Magic of Mushrooms yeah. or The Magic of Fungi, yeah. I can't remember. I think it's The Mag Magic of Mushrooms, a BBC yeah. documentary. And yeah. I was in awe, I just took yeah. my breath away. Yeah. And yeah. for example, um, the mycelium or, or the, before the mushrooms come above the ground uh, yeah. or truffles yeah. below the ground, whichever, yeah. but it's it's there all year. It's it always just, there. It just appears yeah. at yeah. certain times of year, yeah. but it's always there. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. without it, certain parts of our ecosystem Absolutely. would collapse yeah. You know, yeah. it's critical. It's yeah. critical. Yeah. Um, mycorrhizal fungi. Um, so, you know, you get your different categories of, of fungi. So you get your mycorrhizal fungi, which um, sort of uh, operates like sort of symbiotically with the trees, wraps itself around the tree roots yeah. and helps it to get nutrients and stuff. You get your sopotrophic fungi, which helps to break down dead matter and turn it back to soil. Yeah. And then you get your sort of parasitic type fungi that will kind of remove dead and dying and weaken trees and, and, and make sure the forest stays healthy. So your mycorrhizal fungi, so it, you, get, you get like a like a, a massive sort of white hairs that wrap themselves around the tree roots or the plant roots or whatever it is, and that helps it to, to gain nutrients and it gets a few sugars and stuff in return. Um, and we've always known that mycorrhizal fungi helps a plant or a tree to uh, exist in that particular habitat. Um, some of the sort of latest understanding is, so there's a few things like some mycorrhizal fungi actually um, embed themselves in the actual DNA of the tree. 
So they'll kind of get into the DNA system of the tree and tweak it and fine tune it. So that tree will be actually, the whole thing will be programmed and designed to be slightly more suitable for this habitat or that habitat. And that's controlled by the mycorrhizal fungi. So for other organisms to adapt and survive, again, yeah. the fungi is yeah. critical. Is yeah, yeah, absolutely critical. They, 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 they reckon now, the, the, the mycologists down at Kew Gardens and places like that, they start, they start, the figures they're coming out with is that about 95% of all plant life on this planet has a mycorrhizal association with, with the fungi. Um, Does that include that, us? Well... Because we have a microbiome yeah, and other yeah, things going yeah, on. Yeah, there's all sorts going yeah. on with us. We're not just one organism, are we? No, we're kind no, of a, a, a massive collection yeah. of organisms, you know, with all the bacteria and all this sort of stuff. So it's, um, it, it is fascinating. And, and um, the, 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 if you kind of sort of think of why the mycorrhizal fungi kind of, why it evolved in order to play that role, um, when life first evolved on the planet, it uh, came out of the seas, so the plants came out of the seas onto the land. Um, it's quite difficult for a plant to extract the nutrients it needs out of a soil compared to in the sea. It's in yeah. the sea and it's wafting around and all the water's wafting past it yeah. and it's easier to extract nutrients. You put it in the soil and it's, it's kind of quite a static environment. So how does a plant get all these nutrients? Well, the mycorrhizal fungi evolves. So, so, the, so the, the, the thinking these days is that mycorrhizal fungi was responsible for what they call the greening of the earth. All the planet becoming a nice sort of green ball of life and all that sort of stuff. Mm. So, yeah, in yeah. terms of um, the... Uh, how necessary it is for life it's everything yeah. <laughs> literally yeah. everything yeah before we get into uh the mushrooms because we're going to talk a lot of mushrooms <laughs> further on uh then you got into cycling as well yeah 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 now, that's yeah. been a passion of yours sort of most of your life as well hasn't it uh, yeah I, I like human powered uh, vehicles, human powered tra powered travel. I used to be a cycling instructor, um, and as a cycling instructor, I used to teach other cycling instructors. So I used to teach the instructor training course, um, and one of the guys I taught uh, from up in Cumbria, um, he where he lived, he, he lived in Ambleside, and he worked over near Grasmere up in the hills past Grasmere. So he used to have a bike locked up on the other side of the lakeshore. So his daily commute was to run down to the lakeshore, get in his kayak, kayak over the lake, get on his bike and cycle off. And it wasn't a long commute, but like a little mini triathlon sort of thing for yeah. every day. And I'm sort of, well, what a it's just, I love the idea of just getting them under your own steam. Yeah, you're yeah, kind of not yeah. joining in with all that chaos out oh, there yeah. and all the... If you can combine you know, the two, you, your exercise is included yeah. in your daily routine, yeah, isn't it? it is, oh. it is. And there's something... I think there's something about the, again, it's the, it's the well-being, it's the, it's the mindset, it's, yeah. the, the, it's the peace and the tranquility, you're cycling away, you're kayaking away, whatever, something under your own steam. Um, it enables a focus of mind because you're using your energy, you're yeah. using your powers. You have you to know. concentrate when you cycle. You've got to concentrate. There's, uh, you've, you've got skill and balance and all and that, so you've got, got to the concentrate. Wind. I know if I'm, go I used to, if I'm going downhill on my bike, yeah. um, I am focused, I'm concentrating, I'm fully present. Yeah, and yes, I've got the wind yeah, blowing in my face. Yeah, I'm in bliss. Yeah, I love yeah, it. Yeah, you know, yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah. But then you also went into then it was scooters. Mm, so you yeah, were, were you yeah. a mod or a rocker or just? Um, I was a bit of a scooter boy. Yeah, 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 when I was younger. So we used to go to rallies and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, a bunch of us from were Bolton. You a Vespa or a Lambretta? I was only ever a Vespa. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, I never had a Lambretta. They make a different noise, yeah. don't they? Yeah, yeah. Like, well, you know, oh, yeah. So um, I'm probably being, um, I'm probably. Um, yeah, uh, not being loyal to my Vespa roots, but Lambrettas are cooler. <laughs> <laughs> well, but um, they were a bit more expensive and, you know, took a bit more care and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I just had a very very basic, very standard Vespa. Um, I, I, never my thing and never really, uh, you know, perhaps before yeah. my time, although there's only yeah. a couple of years between us, but yeah. 
Uh, but yeah. Willow used to. Yeah. She she's all yeah. about the moped. Yeah. She loves it. Yeah, you know, so. I I I, I suppose when you say there's only a couple of years between us, but I, I was quite young on that scene. Yeah, the scene was tailing out. Yeah, you know, yeah. So, um, but it was it was, it was a fantastic scene because um, you kind of felt a sense of belonging. You know, it's just it's one of those youth cultures. You feel a sense of belonging, something a bit different, um, something that's a bit like you know, sort of rocking against the norm. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, and and the, the the sort of camaraderie. You know, as you know, so we'd all set off, and if somebody broke down. There'd be all the all the sort of joking and you know all the all the all the, all the jesting, all the taking yeah. the mic out of them and all that. But then you'd all stick together and you'd somehow get everybody there and back again and you know yeah. and some fantastic tales of of things that happen. You know, we used to have these sort of weekends where you'd just be drunk all weekend and sleeping <laughs> sleeping anywhere and coming back feeling rotten. So I came back from Morecambe one weekend. Uh, we'd have been to Morecambe Scooter Rally. And on the Sunday, everywhere was shot. Everywhere it was just, it was like a ghost town. There was nowhere to go. And I couldn't even get anywhere to go for a wee. And I was desperate for a wee. And I'm going to set off. I've got a long, a long, a long ride home. So, you know, when you go down onto the beach and you get the steps going down onto the beach. Yeah. So I go down onto the beach, into the corner there. And I'm weeing and it's disappearing off into the wind. The wind was that strong. It was taking it and it's disappearing. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm thinking, oh, I, hope I'm, well, I, 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 hope, I hope nobody's downwind <laughs> of this. You know, I know. Anyways, I'm stood there, minding my own business, you know. So. Looking up, and there's a plastic bag going round in circles, and I was just having the thought of, I hope my wee's not doing that when it started to splatter me in the face, <laughs> <laughs> and I got so, a face full of my own stuff. <laughs> so, so just to be clear, just <laughs> on himself, yeah, in, in his face. But the worst thing was, was because everyone was shot. I couldn't have a wash. I couldn't go anywhere to all the way home. I've got this helmet on and it's all festering in this helmet. And every time I accidentally lick my lips, I'd... Oh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh dear. So, yeah. So I just have lots of memories of really exciting times setting off for these rallies. Really exciting. Or finishing your Friday work and you sort of, you know, you get your wage and you used to, you know, you get your wage in a paper packet and you have cash in your pocket, you know, and you all your pals get together, you meet up and go off. And then these horrendously... Oh, horrible journeys home that we just like. I just want to be in the bath now, yeah. you know. I can yeah, I can only liken that to me going clubbing and then you've got to yeah. get a taxi home yeah. from a after party at some point. It's six o'clock in the morning, or you know, yeah. you've not been to bed, yeah. Yeah. and you're dreading the taxi ride, you yeah. know, because it seems to go on forever and it's yeah. awkward and you don't know yeah. what to say. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I should say something here, but I don't know yeah. what. And yeah. So then you're extensively travelled, Colin. You've um, yourself. Because you were a teacher, you had mm. these long breaks, and yeah, for yeah, a decade yeah, you were off yeah, all over yeah. initially UK, but then yeah, yeah. Well, Europe and the world really, wasn't it? Yeah, what what we did was because um, I, I, I love fettling with things anyway, so we got ourselves an old Volkswagen camper, um, and I kind of covered it with big flowers and all that sort of stuff, and did the whole hippie job on it, you know. But um, you've got to be either rich or a, a good fettler to to own a Volkswagen camper. <laughs> so I was a bit of a fettler, so I used to, you know, I did a welding course and learned how to weld it and all that. You know, kept it on the road, kept it tip top. Well, I say tip top, but it kept it running. Um, and it enabled us when my kids were little, me and uh, me and my wife, Jo, um, we, uh, we both had a teach all, teacher's holidays. So we'd have the six weeks. So we'd just go off and spend six weeks in this van. And it's a tiny space for a family of four, yeah. um, a really tiny space. So what happens in a space like that is um, you either make or break, don't you, as a, as a, as a, as a family unit, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's going to work. It's, it's stressful or it's, or it's fun. Yeah, I mean, to, there's yeah. always a moment when John would brought down in tears, you know, what are we doing, what are we doing this, you know, and, but but then there'll be other moments that'd be absolutely wonderful, you know. Okay. So we kind of go off down to Cornwall, up to Scotland, do a big tour of Scotland, and then we'd branch, you know, we'd venture out and we'd ended up yeah. in Budapest and Croatia and, I mean, that, you know. That's something I dream of doing. I've never done it, yeah, but I, I'd yeah, love to. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I can imagine as well, 
although there's complications and stressful times, when you initially arrive somewhere you've never been before, because yeah. that's always the best time, the first yeah. time. Yeah. It's like when I run, when I run trails, if I run a trail I've never run before and yeah. I literally don't know what's around each corner yeah. and stuff, and I, I'm yeah. exploring. It's more it's interesting. Yeah it's, a, yeah, yeah, it's exploring. It's, yeah. it's that exploration thing. Yeah. So when you pull up, and yeah. you're in your VW van or whatever you're in and you yeah. pull up on a beach or something you've never been to open the doors and yeah. it's beautiful and I yeah. can imagine it being yeah. euphoric. Yeah, and, and, and because you don't plan ahead, if you plan ahead and, and you plan a holiday ahead, you go, you go on, you're on the internet and you look for things and you look for reviews and you see what's available and you book something. And really you're only getting the holidays that somebody's made available to you. Yeah. If you just go, you find things and you find things that you'd have never found on the internet yeah. and you find some really cool places. You know, the Guardian, uh, the Guardian newspaper, um, probably about 10 years ago, published uh, 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 an article one summer and it was called the um, the top 10 cool campsites of the UK. And I'm like, half of them were my campsites. Fuck it off, you're making them busy now, you know. <laughs> because that's what you discover. You discover the coolest places, you know. <laughs> Me and Will have our favourite restaurant and we've never told anybody. No, about don't, it. don't tell no, anyone. No, because don't, yeah, we yeah. don't want anybody to go. Yeah, 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 <laughs> I know it's yeah. terrible, isn't I know, it? But I know, I know. Yeah. We did, we made that mistake. There's a pub in Wheelton called the Top Lock. And we told right. everybody about it and it's on the canal and of course yeah. it got very yeah. busy and yeah. I'm not saying we're the only people to make that happen, but no. so we found another place and now we don't tell anybody. Yeah. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. So some of the other things that you've done, Colin, and in your sort of work life, uh, yeah. you're a dental technician. Oh God, yeah. Was that in yeah. Bolton? Uh, Atherton. Atherton. Atherton, yeah, that was Making my first job. dentures uh, and things like this. Yeah, so a dental laboratory. Uh, so when you go to the dentist and they do, they do an impression of, yes. of your yeah, teeth yeah. and you need a crown or a bridge or a, a denture or, you know, whatever it is, and that impression gets sent off. And somebody is going to spend a bit of time with um, a Plaster of Paris model of your teeth making yeah. that crown, bridge, denture, whatever it is. So my job as a trainee was to make that Plaster of Paris model. So I used to have them all lined up and you'd have all these casts lined up and making all them all day long um and it, then and then a, a joiner did that come because i know you were trained as a wood yeah. machinist is the joiner yeah. is that the same thing or was the joiner before or after uh same time same same time, same, same time. that was all kind of timber trade stuff um yeah. so so the yeah, so the 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 dental lab stuff that was made that was a yts it was one of those yts yeah. schemes, oh, I remember you know, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah you got um, like 40 quid a week and oh 27.50 oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> £27.50, but I was one of the lucky ones because I got £5.70 travel and, oh. and I managed to go on my bicycle instead of on the bus, so I kept that £5.70. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, and I, I just, I was totally bored, totally bored with that job, absolutely, you know. So yeah. um, there was a guy actually um, from the training unit and they used to oversee the management of all these YTS placements either and ever in all these different companies. Um, and I had to go and see him and he sacked me basically. So he sat me down and, you know, said, I'm yeah. sorry, we, you know, we, we've got to sack you. Years and years later, um, after going down the wood, uh, the wood trade route and I then became a teacher and I then worked at Bolton College as a, as a, as a, as a, as a, a wood machining lecturer and I bumped into him because he was working at the training unit there. And I was, I said, oh, and he says, oh, Colin, I remember. And he says, what are you doing now? And I says, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a teacher. He says, oh, you see, another one of our successes. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose it is a success. He did the right oh. thing by firing me from that job. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah. uh, it's funny how sometimes strange events in life put yeah. you on a certain path, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, 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 it is. It is. It is. But yeah, the timber trades um, was, um, that was, uh, it was my dad, basically. My dad said, get a trade it doesn't matter what else you do if you've just got a trade behind you at least you've got something to fall back on yeah and he's yeah, right because yeah. i've never wanted to go into construction really it's not really my thing i'm not i don't yeah. i don't enjoy working in construction um 
it's it's not uh, i like doing things that inspire people and make people yeah. passionate about things and me and you both yeah so yeah i have to um, dip my toe into construction now yes, again and yeah, i feel yeah, like i'm yeah. slowly dying yeah but yeah, yeah. i have to do it from time to time because yeah. that's enables yeah. me to do this yeah yeah it you is it's, i take people on a mushroom forage and i teach them about life on us i teach yeah. them about how the forests operate we eat some edible mushrooms it's fantastic during the winter months i might go and build a conservatory for someone I'll do a loft conversion for someone. And that person doesn't really know me, so they think I could be a cowboy builder, I might be about to rip them off, so they're always on the, you know, they're yeah, always, always yeah. cautious and guarded and everything they do and say, I'm always thinking, are you going to pay me on the next bill? Yeah, you know, yeah, are you yeah. going to pay? So I'm kind of, and it's it's just such a I negative th- relationship. I think you know. until you've got an established rhythm, a relationship with somebody, which never really happens yeah. in construction, because no. you do a job and then it's over. Say, so it's over and you move it. And, and people never get in touch to tell you how fantastic it is. They only mm-hmm. get in touch to complain because it's like, you need to come back and fix something, you know? So from start to finish, it's a negative relationship. Yeah. You know, it's, so then Colin, you also uh, taught cycling. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. So is this before Bolton College or after? After. Bolton, after, after Bolton yeah. College, yeah. I, 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 so I got into teaching because I thought that'd be a good thing. I, I like teaching. So did you have like a PGC or a teach a general teaching qualification? So Ed. So then you yeah, can apply yeah. that to other things, can't you? Yeah, you can. Yeah. You can. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, and that's done me in good stead for the for the cycle training stuff. Um, yeah. yeah. When I taught in the in in, in the construction department, um, uh, ended up sort of teaching a lot of key skills and stuff like that. And you know, I'm teaching a subject that to students who don't want to do it. It's a subject I don't want to teach to students who don't want to do it. And it's a bit soul destroying and a bit of you dies each time. You think, oh, okay. Uh, And I just wanted to do something along, more along the lines of of my passions, really. I'll tell you what did it was, I was, I used to go on an internet forum for Volkswagen camper owners, Um, like a, a tech forum to help you know what 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 oil do you put in what 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 you know this uh, how do you fix this how do you do that but as is inevitable with internet forums everybody falls out about politics and yeah. i'm quite passionate about my politics and somebody called me an armchair activist as in just sit there and type about it and argue with people on the internet and it properly made me think i was like you've got a point you've properly got a point uh, yeah. what am i actually doing so I have to earn a living. I've got to earn some money to, to pay for things. You know, I've, I, don't, I don't have independent finances. So what I need to do is earn a living doing something that is contributing to us changing the world. So that's where the cycle training came in. So I just right. drop it, do something totally different and go out there on my bike. And, you know. and the training you did as well was quite significant, wasn't it? You're saying that something to yeah. do with people that like HTV drivers and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I became a senior instructor at this organisation. Um, I was quite fortunate because I joined the organisation when there was like about 14 employees. And by the time I'd left 12 years later, there was like 100 odd, you know, 150 yeah. or whatever. It had grown a lot. So I kind of grew with it, you know. So my position as senior instructor uh, was to uh, be like oversee a bit and be a mentor for the staff out in out delivering. So the majority of the staff were delivering in schools, primary schools, doing you know what you, the on-road cycle training that, that you might see with groups of kids yeah. out there. But we used to do what you call a cycling proficiency that's at school. It. Yeah, cycle proficiency. Thing. It's like a modern version of cycle proficiency. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then um, I taught instructors. So I teach new instructors who were coming in. That was a fantastic thing to do because there's so much, you know, to inspire them with about yeah. how we're changing the world, you know, how, how yeah. we're contributing. Because it's not about sports cycling. It's very much about ticking those boxes to do with like um, sort of reducing pollution, congestion, health of the yeah. nation, you know, sensible travel choices, basically. Um, there was also the ride leader courses. So you teach people how to sort of lead groups of cyclists. But the most interesting and the most difficult, the most challenging 
was, and I kept saying, wouldn't it be great? People kept saying, wouldn't it be great if we could teach this to the drivers? Because we're teaching cyclists. So, for example, one of the things, you're coming up to a big junction, or there's this big side road at the side of the road, um, one of the problems is that the driver behind you tries to overtake you when they shouldn't, and they might turn, yeah. and that can cause you big problems. Or the driver who's in front of you, who's looking for cars, not you at the side of the road, doesn't see you and pulls out. So one of the solutions to do that is to take the centre lane position. So you take a centre lane position, you're dominating that position. Everybody can see you. That's, yeah. the, that's the best thing to do. It's a strategy you can deploy as a cyclist to keep you safe. Everybody hates you for it because everybody's thinking, what are you doing in the middle of the bloody road? You know? <laughs> Who does so, he think he is? Yeah, so wouldn't it be great if we could have some driver awareness? You know, So mm. because I kept harping on about this driver awareness, um, we ended up in discussions with Transport for London. And one of the possibilities, one of the potentials was um, driver training for HGV drivers as part of their periodic training because HGV cycle uh, accidents are the biggest part biggest chunk of the static of, of, of the statistics for cycle fatalities so um i ended up devising and writing a program to deliver driver training to hdv drivers got it approved by all the different bodies it wow. needs to be approved by and then we got the program up and running i remember the first course it was like we had done all this planning we had done the marketing we had done everything and all of a sudden i've got a dozen lorry drivers in front of me yeah. and that was a new thing for me a dozen lorry drivers you know <laughs> and, and was there a unicycle no, no, do you know what? It, it was fantastic because the lorry drivers, you know, they'd come in for this one day and sit there like that. You know, I'll tell you about bloody cyclists and all this yeah, sort of yeah, stuff, yeah. you know, and you're sort of thinking, well, you know, when, but we'd, we'd, we'd totally win them over because I didn't just teach them about cycle safety. I taught them, I, I, I shared the dream with them, the dream of a better future with less congestion on the roads, more people cycling. It's better for their journeys, actually. They'll get there faster, they'll deliver faster because you've not got all the cars in the way because people doing short journeys are doing it by bike now you know and all this sort of stuff yeah. so and they'd understand the cycle training they'd feel a bit more understanding about the cyclists that they're dealing with on the road and a better understanding of the ones of the cyclists who who, who put themselves in vulnerable positions like on the left hand side in the blind spot you know so yeah. um the drivers would kind of go away shaking my hand at the end of the course saying do you know what i'm going to teach this to my kids or i'm going to get a bike on the cycle to work scheme or you know interestingly my missus um um who works at the university um, she uh, works alongside somebody who comes to work on a bike every day and she got chatting to her in the canteen and um, about the cycling and, and, and this woman says, uh, she says, oh, it's my husband who got me into it. She says, um, she says he, 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 he likes to cycle, but he, he, he can't do it for his job because he, he drives, you know, and he drives a lot. He says, but he, he, he went on this course because he's a lorry driver and he went on this course and he came back raving about it and got me into yeah. the cycling. Like, wow, result. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Sometimes that one thing makes everything worthwhile, doesn't it? It does, it absolutely you know? does, yeah, yeah. Um, um, I used to do one-to-one uh, -one cycle training uh, with people and it changed their life. Just that thing that I explained to you about the positioning totally yeah. changes your life as a cyclist because you suddenly feel able to tackle these scenarios. You're feeling empowered rather You're than feeling a victim on the road. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I've had a few people, usually women, um, because um, as a society, we kind of we kind of um, we, we 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 train men to have this sort of thing where you're supposed to feel a bit you know a bit ballsy, a bit like you know macho, and a bit like don't mess with me and all that sort of stuff. So you tend to get uh, male cyclists are more assertive, and women women cyclists tend to cycle a bit more vulnerable to the side of the side of the road, um, purely out of a thing of trying to keep themselves safe. Yeah, but it doesn't actually keep you safe. So the stats, unfortunately, reflect, reflect that. 
um, the, the, the fatality stats for, for, for male cyclists uh, and when he was bad, you know. So, so we'd try and get people. So we and I get a, you know. So I, I trained a, a few women who've come on the come on the course. I've done this cycle training with them. They've come back a few weeks later and said, "This has changed my life." Mm. And when you say when you, when somebody says this has changed my life, you kind of think, right? I am not an armchair activist. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you feel feel good then? Yeah, you know, yeah absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. You felt valid yeah. and yeah, yeah. I've done something. Yeah. You know, I've not changed the world. No, but I've made a good contribution towards that, and that and it really means a lot. That doesn't it? Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> and then from from teaching cycling, mm. so you've gone from teaching at Bolton College, yeah. And then you teach in cycling. This is when you then go to become a forest, a forest, yeah, a forest yeah, leader. Is yeah, that right? Or yeah, 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 it is. It is a forest it is. school. Yeah, yeah. And I'd say that's the beginning yeah. of the magic because I think from that yeah, point forward, yeah, you, you, yeah. you're doing something you clearly yeah, love. Yeah, yeah. I'm passionate about that. When I'm when I'm as a cycling instructor, I'm out there trying to make that change and all that sort of stuff. But part of that was me cycling to and from Manchester every day in rush hour traffic. And in the end, twelve years of dealing with rush hour traffic for like an hour and ten to an hour and twenty minutes every single day, yeah. each way it gets you down after a while you yeah. know it really yeah. does that i kind of thought i've got to escape from this i've got to get into the woods yeah. so into I, the woods i, go. I didn't even know yeah. what a forest school was or they existed no. until a yeah. few years ago yeah you know yeah. and i found out yeah. Uh, yeah. a friend of mine i think it's their sister works at a forest school and i went what's that yeah you know yeah. and yeah. uh it yeah. blew me away yeah yeah, you know, yeah, because especially yeah. you've got young kids there yeah. as well, yeah. you know. Yeah, the, so, yeah, the idea um, is, so obviously there's there's a big overlap between bushcraft and forest school. Mm. The, the, the things you do might be the same. You know, you might make things out of wood, or you might um, go and sort of do a bit of tree identification and make fires and cook something on the fire and, you know, use knives and axes and stuff yeah. like that. So it's, it's very bushcrafty. But the difference is the focus. So on bushcraft, if you went to the bushcraft course, it's about skills acquisition. You'd learn how to use that axe and how to chop that wood and all that sort of stuff. If you come on a forest school course, you might use an axe and chop that wood and do exactly the same things. But the focus behind it is about your emotional development. It's about you interacting with your environment in right. a very physical way. It's about you working with other sort of group members and how you support each other. Um, you know, so it's... Um, it's 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 about uh, there's no um, there's no targets in a forest school. So whatever you achieve is an achievement. You, you know, if you set targets, somebody's going to fail those targets, and that's no good for them, is it? Yeah. So basically, so people just... do what inspires them. You know, and 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 they get on with whatever they want to do. You're actually in your you know you're in a very very natural and a very natural environment. You sort of think, well, you could be in a classroom, you could be in the forest. What you know, one's a different. Yeah, one is a different environment, but one's the one that you've evolved to be in. One's yeah. the ones that, that nature designed you to be in. So it's no wonder that there's something about it that triggers something in your brain that goes, this is right. Yeah. Do you know? I, I, I love the fact that there's no exams, there's no qualifications, there's no right no. or wrong. Basically, no. what you're saying is go and have an experience and yeah. whatever that experience is, it's good. It's a success. Yeah. It's, yeah, you it's know, a success. because it's, it's yeah. relevant yeah. and yeah. And it's real to you, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, you know, absolutely. I, I love it. Absolutely. And, and, and when I back at Bolton College, I remember I had one student who really struggled. Um, he was, he was, he, he was very dyslexic, um, and he was, he just, he just struggled all the way through, yeah. and he didn't get his qualification. So he went down on the stats for my end of year stats as, as a fail, basically. Um, he, I got on with him quite well, and he wanted to become a lorry driver. He wanted to retrain, and I pointed him in a few sort of directions. I got him to look for this and apply for that. Helped him fill in the form and sort of give him some yeah. pointers for his interview and he went and he became a lorry driver 
But from my stats, in terms of what I've just the, the data collection for that course that I was delivering, it was a fail. Mm. I think he was one of the most, he was one of the biggest successes I had. Yeah. It just wasn't in, within the sort of remit of yeah. the targets that are preset. So in a forest school, you don't preset targets, you know, you, you just sort this, of get on with it. This is the problem with any kind of exam or yeah. if you're studying yeah. for something, there's a box yeah. and you have to tick that box or fit in that box, yeah. you know, yeah. and not everybody yeah. does, no. you know, no. you can be in... No incredibly gifted you can be yeah. beautiful yeah. Uh, um, yeah. and uh, and have wisdom in so many ways yeah. but not necessarily a yeah. qualification yes. uh, and it, it yeah. yeah and yeah. some courses you'd be a fail but you might yeah. be yeah. A, a, an amazing artist yeah. Or, yeah let's measure it in a different way yeah, you know yeah. let's, let's or, or help yeah. people yeah you know yeah so. yeah 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 um working as a cycling instructor going into schools teaching kids um every now and again so one of the things that happens in schools quite often these days which is very different from when i was at school is schools are a lot more inclusive which means that you'll get kids with various disabilities who once upon a time when i was a kid they would have been sort of sent off to a special school yeah you know um those schools still exist for for for, for people with more extreme disabilities and stuff but people um so you, you know you'll get a, a mainstream school and there'll be somebody with down syndrome or there'll be somebody who's autistic or whatever you know just just everyday run-of-the-mill sort of differences and i'll call them differences rather than disabilities because it depends how you work with it doesn't it you know yeah. sometimes it's an ability isn't it, in, the, yeah. in the right situation and one of the things that i used to really notice um particularly this used to happen when i had kids who were, who, who were downs um and they would have a best friend and the best friend would be some lad in the class who was just naughty otherwise he was, you know the naughty lads yeah. and being the best friend of the downs kid would then um mean that they could like look out for them do things with them give them a bit of advice and support and help and that kid then becomes an absolute success in helping other people exactly and it gives them you know and i kind of used to, you know when they used to talk about inclusiveness and you know sort of people with disabilities being in mainstream education i used to kind of always think about it in terms of the benefits to the person with a disability and it's absolutely not just about that everybody benefits everybody gets something out of it you know so I can't even remember what the point was we were trying to make. <laughs> <laughs> the difference about whether you're a success or failure, you can be a That's failure because, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, you don't yeah, necessarily yeah. qualify for tick yeah, certain boxes. Yeah, but yeah. You get kids out in a forest school um, and um, you get kids who, who might not have been successful like academically, you know. So so the, the whole idea of this emotional development is you get sort of to a point where you're, you're, you're more emotionally confident um, you're a bit more sort of well, just confident generally. That it gives you that, that inner confidence, yeah. um, and then put them in a classroom. So that's the idea of it. Rather than start off in that really alien environment of a classroom, where people are going to feel uncomfortable and then expect academic achievement. So you get the emotional stability right first from the yeah. from from the outset. So my sort of um, thing with forest schools, I went off to be a, to train to be a forest school leader, and I kind of got there and I looked around and I thought. They're all basically nursery, nursery workers. They're, they're all working with little young kids. Well, no surprises. Yeah. But I kind of was surprised because I had read all the stuff about it, the emotional development and all the stuff that, you know, the contribution it makes to your life. And I kind of thought, well, this applies to everybody. This isn't just kids. Everybody can get something out of a forest school. You know, yeah. the mushroom forage is a forest school. So people come on the mushroom forage and, and, and we go out there and you feel a bit of a better understanding of your natural surroundings and you can not only do you understand it better, you can go and pick things and eat them yeah. and fit, taste those flavours and, you know. Just being there, any human yeah. being that disconnects from the daily routine, takes themselves yeah. out of that environment, yeah. gets away from technology and spends time in nature, yeah. Yeah. 
they're already on a winner. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> completely, completely and utterly. This, you know, this, the lives what you're live. doing sort of yeah. is a bonus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The lives you know? we live, the lives we live uh, these days, very much in the Western world. Um, there's a lot of stuff that's necessary, and I know it's necessary for lots of people to work in factories. I know it's necessary for lots of people to work in offices and all that sort of stuff. But it really is a massive disconnect. And what has kind of happened is we've 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 kind of forgotten the importance of that connect. So even if somebody yeah. works in a factory all week or an office all week just to get out and make that reconnection and have that reconnection, yeah. you know, go and walk in the forest. Commune and, with nature on a regular commune basis. With nature. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, 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 it, and it's not just because it's good for you. It's not, it's not, it's not like just going in like a, you know, like a soft toy room and sort of thinking, oh, this mm. is nice because it's a nice place because it's a forest. It's what, it, it's what, it's what evolution have designed us to do. It's where we're designed to be. So it's no wonder that we feel comfortable and happy when we're there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I think as a species, yeah. human beings, I've come to think that they're separate from nature, that they're above nature because yes. they're intelligent and yeah. they're we're the dominant yeah. species and yeah. everything else is below us. Yeah. And and we forget we're not. We're, no. we're just another cog in that wheel yeah. and not yeah. one that doesn't work very well, by no. the way, no. you know, no. at the no. minute. But we, we're part of nature. We're part of that we system. Are. And most people, I think, because of the way we're programmed and the lives we live and the environment we're in and everything else, we think yeah. we're separate from it yeah. and we're not. Yeah, yeah. Know, and... We're very good. I mean, our special skill as a species is habitat manipulation. And we're mm. so good at habitat habitat manipulation. I mean, we move stuff. You know, that's what we do all the time. We move stuff around. Build you know, it, dig it. Yeah. I have, a, I, have a, I have a cat at home and the cat never moves anything around apart from a rat she brings in there and again. You know, she, 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 she'll never pick something up and move it. She'll never think, oh, that chair needs moving a bit or whatever. They adapt to the environment. Yeah. We change it, don't we? We, we change the environment yeah. to suit us, yeah. Um, and, and, and and we move stuff around and we pass things to each other and we give things to each other and, and all that sort of stuff. And, we get, and, and we're so good at that that... That it's almost as if we can be above nature. We can be. We can kind of. We can control yeah, it. Yeah. And that was that, that was a big theme back in sort of Victorian days and and, and and onwards until fairly recently was this conquering the world. You know, mankind mm. will conquer the world. Listen to the sound of this yeah. aeroplane engine because it's like more ferocious than anything in nature. And you know all that sort of stuff. <laughs> then, then with the old Pathé news sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, that yeah. was the mindset that we were in. Yeah. You know, it was about man's domination over nature. And and I think there's a great film as well, and it's called I think it's called The Happening. Uh, Mark Wahlberg's in it, and it's basically nature, I think, gets yeah. very upset yeah. with the way man is behaving, and all yeah. these people start dropping dead, they start uh, dying. Right. And right. it's the trees and the plants emitting these chemicals right. because they've had enough. Because yeah, they've had enough of you it. Know? And, yeah. and yeah. that, for yeah. me, is a real possibility where yeah. Yeah. if you look back thousands of years, are there any human beings from those... Um, yeah. Dynasties left. No, yeah. is nature still here? Of course. Yeah. You know, nature yeah. will always swim. Oh, of course always it will. dominate. Of course it will. We'll, of we'll be gone yeah. and yeah. long gone. Yeah. You know. I kind of, I kind of suspect that at some point fungi will sort us out. Because you know? <laughs> if it's not fungi, it's bacteria and yeah, viruses yeah. and all that yeah. sort of stuff. But the, the fungi is fantastic at it. Um, uh, if there's a big problem in the world some fungi will evolve you know the, the plastic situation now yeah. and uh, over in Pakistan they've discovered a fungi that's living on plastic and did, and, and, and converting the plastic back to, back to I read about know. that yeah yeah Paul yeah. Stamets talks about uh, bees you know and yeah. how the bees are dying and, yeah. and we don't realise yeah. but yeah. we see a lot of people think bees are insignificant and they're critical oh god absolutely you know as, as, as is everything bees and all the pollinators so mm. there's a massive massive decline in, in, in flying insects at the moment in the last couple of decades um, there's been a big no. It's, it's been noticed. bees have there's, gone through the floor. Yeah, they're in, yeah. they're actually getting yeah. paying people to bring bees in yeah. to to pollinate. 
Yeah. You know, because yeah. it's not yeah. happening. No, because it ain't happening, you know? no. And something no. like 60 or 70% of all the bees yeah. are, are, yeah. are dead, yeah. are gone. And not just bees, but, but flying insects in general, yeah. or pollinators, because there's lots of pollinators out there, lots of pollinated insects, and um, the populations have reduced massively. And... You know, when the, the scientists who are studying these things kind of come out with these stats and you go, oh, that's that's a scary stat or it's an interesting stat. That's one that you can measure yourself because on a summer, you know, it's been really hot recently, hasn't it? So if you have a, a window open and, you, and your light on in the kitchen and your window's open at night and you get the insects on the on your, on your white ceiling mm. and look at the number of insects. So there's a few there. Actually, when I was a kid, you know, sort of 20, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, it was like covered in insects on yeah. a night like that, well, do you know? I think recently, like two or three days ago, very hot and... I think two flies came in our house. Yeah. I remember being a kid and, you know, if yeah. you left the door open, you yeah. get invaded. Yeah, yeah, you, you did, know, you did. So. Long journeys um, mm. in, in, in the period that I had my camper van. Um, we used to get a long journey all the oh, time. There's nothing there. Bug splattered, absolutely yeah. bug splattered. And these days it's not really much at all, you know, and mm. you can't, and, and of all the sort of climate change things, you know, like back in the 80s, I was a student and, you know, sit around smoking pot at somebody's flat, yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. talk about global warming and and and, and rest of society be going, oh, you know, you bloody hippies and all that sort of, you know, and, and we talk about things that were going to happen and predicted. And it's here, it's happening. Yeah, and of yeah. all the things that's happening now, I think the um, decrease in the flying insects, to me, has got to be the most scary. Because that's like that's 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 a mass extinction right in happening. It's happening right now, yeah. do you know. And it, God, I, I dread to think. You know, it's a, yeah, it's scary. Mm. Paul Stamets talks about mushrooms and from mushrooms and certain fungi that he, he was very careful with his words because he said, you know, people have patents on things. He was worried about big pharma, and, and he actually said with certain things he was worried about his life. Right. You know, but right. he reckons that with certain mushrooms and fungi. You can basically in nature, when it, whatever occurs, there's a cure. Right. You know, and he yeah. was saying that um, he thinks he's, he could pinpoint a cure for cancer, you know, with, with it, mushrooms. Yeah. And um, that certain certain things that are commonplace, dementia and Alzheimer's yeah. and all sorts yeah. of things, mushrooms can yeah. cure those. Yeah. He thinks he can fix the bees, which, he's, which he is doing. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's done some fascinating research. Yeah, he has done yeah. some fascinating research. There's a, there's a few, so... The, the, um, I'm, I'm always very careful. I'm always very wary of just making big claims. Yeah. So you know, I run the, the Facebook group Mushroom Spotters. Yeah. Which um, we're going to. That's the I'm next topic. Yeah. 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 Um, and it's a huge group. You know, 35k members and all that. Yeah. Um, um, and, and 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 what happens is, so there's certain mushrooms that are being researched for the cancer. Uh, properties or the cancer fighting or whatever yeah. you want to call it properties. People, people use terms like immunity boosting and yeah. it's, it's the wrong term. It's a misleading term really. You don't want to boost your immune system because then you get an autoimmune problem and it becomes mm -hmm. a disease and, it's, and it, it doesn't help you. So what you want is you want to strengthen your immune system. You want to make it work better and efficiently. You want to, you want to support your immune system. Um, and there's, so turkey tails, for example, is a, a species of a mushroom, Traumatis versicolor is, is the name of it. And that's being studied uh, here and there um, um, for uh, the idea is that it might be beneficial to somebody who's undergoing chemotherapy because it helps to regulate your white blood count um, and kind of keep it tip top so that you can then, you, you, mean, it could, you know, because chemotherapy batters your system, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, it's, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm pretty sure one day we'll have a treatment for well, cancer that looks back on this and says, God, that was brutal. Yeah. You know, because it is a Chemotherapy uh, can kill yeah. cancerous cells, but in the process yeah. it kills everything else. Yeah, it does. It does. You know? It does. So, so we had, um, I, I've actually had a very personal um journey with turkey tails um and that was my dad was diagnosed um with a, an incurable cancer yeah uh, asbestos yeah. um asbestosis, was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah an industrial illness um 
so he was diagnosed with that probably i think it was something like five years ago now but um um we kind of chatted about it and we looked into the turkey tails and we kind of thought i want to do this i want i want to go i want to i want to mm. provide him with turkey tails yeah. and the thing is you got it also at that point what have you got to lose yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we discussed it with the oncologist, and that's so. When, when I say we've got to be careful, we moderate things like this in the in the in the, in the group mm. online, is because kind of some people come along and kind of get run away with with yeah. these ideas a bit and yeah, start so saying yeah. like, you know, forget the oncologist, ignore mm. what big pharma says, yeah, and all, yeah. actually, no, 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 let's let's do this sensibly. So we spoke to the oncologist, and we got the the blessing of the oncologist. He, he was quite curious because he said it's not going to do any harm. Yeah. So that was the main thing. Um, the next thing is, who on earth do you go about foraging enough to give somebody a daily dose for the rest of their life? Because I knew he was going to die. Yeah. You know, it was an it was, it was an incurable cancer. I knew mm -hmm. it wasn't going to cure him. Um, but it's, um, it, and, you know, I kind of think, well, how many do we need? I don't know. Well, hopefully, I need a lot. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I kind of put the word out on the group and asked if people would send them to us. And all of a sudden, I started getting par parcels from all over the country. Wow. And not yeah. just parcels, but letters and notes and yeah. things. You know, people loved getting involved with something a bit positive like that. You know, yeah. my dad was so, if he didn't do anything for his for, for his actual, uh, you know, in terms Lucky of medicine, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. It gave my mum something to do that she felt she was contributing because she was making the medicine out of it, which is quite a convoluted process, long, slow cooking process. It, takes 36 hours and then you, you know uh so she could do that for dad and then dad could sign him all these little, little notes and i even got um a big parcel um and it was from a primary school so a primary school teacher had seen this sort of uh, this 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 plight and he'd um turned it into a class project and he'd take them all out into local park um and he'd got them to forage all these mushrooms they cleaned them up perfectly sent them to me with letters from the kids from this class project so uh, you know so wishing you know well wishes for my dad basically and um and i kind of got in touch said what this is i'm so tom so touched you know so what, what can i do i was and he said can you do a little video so i did a video of my mum making the stuff and my dad saying thanks you know and they played that in their assembly yeah. and then my mum wanted to write him a letter rather than email and so i'm i was cycling instructor at the time and i'm sat in a, in, a, in, a, in a staff room in a school in north manchester and I'm just emailing her. I says, my mum won't send you a letter. He says, oh, lovely, thanks. I said, give us your, 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 your school address. He gives us a school address. That's where I am. <laughs> I was in the school. <laughs> I was like, where are you? <laughs> so I ended up going meeting him. And these kids, these projects, he's called Ali Mac. Uh, he has a YouTube channel. He does all these really, really funky uh, videos um, right. about identification, you know, and it's like, um, oh, this, this, this whole, like, you know, sort of uh, uh, upbeat and, you know, Cyril the Latin squirrel that describes the, what the Latin name means and yeah, all this yeah, sort yeah. of stuff, you know, and it, they're really good. Um, and he, he gets his class kids involved in making these. And obviously they don't appear on YouTube, but you can hear him singing the things in the background and stuff like that you know um so he's been doing this project where they've been harvesting um uh, foraging mushrooms but also growing mushrooms so i turned up at the class and they were just in the middle of doing a fry up with a load of oyster mushrooms and he said it was so good for the kids because they get adults coming in sort of being interested but for once there was an adult that could come in and sort of talk about the gills being decurrent down the stem yeah, and yeah, the different yeah. sort of identification features of these mushrooms and stuff you know and mm. and all these kids were like wow you know it's brilliant it's great <laughs> it's it's great at that point as well because some adults become passionate about it and interested but yeah. when it when it's sown the seeds sown to a yeah. child at that age yeah, yeah. they're yeah. fascinated yeah. you know and yeah, if they, they can are. see the yeah. 
how amazing nature is at a young age. Yeah. It'll be there forever. Yeah, kids are the best foragers. I've been yeah. out on a forage today and I had a kid out with us and it's just every five seconds, Colin, Colin, <laughs> yeah. Colin, Colin. Yeah. You know, someone says, you want to his dad was with us and he says, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, no, it was his auntie that was it. She said, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, he's mithering you, he's mithering you. I'm like, let him mither me. I don't mind mithering me because, you, you know, it's, it's only four hours and then you take him home, don't you? I don't have to deal with him after that. So bring it on, you know, and he yeah. was like, it's really sort of, you know, switched on. And once you get a kid switched on, they, 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 so for food foraging, they spot all the mushrooms. I don't know how they do it. They must have better eyes, a bit close to the ground. Yeah. They definitely make the best foragers, you know. And, 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 and They're definitely the closer. They probably have better vision. But also I think when you're a pure being, I think kids when they're born, yeah. pure being of light, the, the spirits, they're still connected to the spirit yeah. realm. And yeah. as we get older, yeah. we get more yeah. complicated yeah. and a bit... Yeah screwed yeah. up and yeah. uh, you know yeah. bad, bad experiences i think things. you're more in the moment as a kid yeah you're more in the moment exactly you, you're not exactly. thinking of other things a, you know the kid's not thinking about tomorrow yeah. or anything he's no. thinking oh my god it's monday yeah, yeah. let's do yeah. something yeah. you know yeah. they're so excited yeah. about life yeah. and yeah. i think when you've got that oh, energy oh, god, you, yeah. you're gonna yeah. find what you're looking yeah. for yeah you know i turned up at a school once to do some cycle training and uh sort of talking to the kids and um and i says so you know we did them with every break and then you'll come back out and we'll do it and he says are we doing it all morning I says, yeah. And he went, oh, he says, we've got cycle training all morning and geography all afternoon. Best day ever. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so he's obviously, you know, a fan of geography. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Colin, yes. um, we're at the end of show number 21. How long was that? That's like a, a, an hour and five minutes. Have we, right, okay. Yeah, yeah. That flew by. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we'll do a second show, which yeah. we've discussed, which I yeah. think we've not discussed properly about riding a unicycle, about you yeah. being a naturist, right. about Mushroom <laughs> Spotters UK, yeah. and also about being a naturist. Right. So some right. lots right. still to talk about. And right. mushrooms. We've not really got into mushrooms yet, no, have we? No, a mushroom no, foraging no, and what no, you do. No, we've, uh, we've, we've hinted on it. We've, we've yeah, mentioned it in yeah. bits, you know, but... Yeah. So uh, you're going to stay with us and we're going to do a second show. Yeah. It's good stuff. Good Wonderful. Stuff. Thank stuff. you, Colin. No worries. Thank okay. you very much. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that's show number 21 with Colin Unsworth, Mr. Mushroom. We're going to do a second show with Colin. As usual, you can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram and Facebook. You can get the first book, From Pills to Peace, on Amazon and about 12 other places. You can also get the audio book on Audible, iTunes and Amazon. You can also watch this show. There's a new show every week on this YouTube channel and subscribe to it. This also goes out on Spotify, Podbean and iTunes as an audio podcast. You can listen to my radio show, The Mind, Body and Spirit Show, every Monday night from 11 till midnight on Salford City Radio, 94.4 FM. And you can find me on the website, midnightmcbride.com. Thank you for joining us and you might get a bit of surprise on show number 22 with me and Colin. I'm a bit nervous. Okay. <laughs> Shalom. <laughs>